This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. Another reason that I'm not enjoying being in my trying to be open-minded about musicals era is that they're really cold and calculated, right? Like they are like, we are, we spoke last week about genre and we spoke last week about capitalism. So at the end of nine to five, a musical version of the film that I forgot to mention that I'd also seen, there's like a recording from Dolly Parton being like, how do y'all in Sydney? Great to come out to the musical. And don't forget, if you love the musical, tell all your friends on Facebook and wherever. But if you didn't like it, let's just keep that between you and me. All right, Dolly Parton, peace out. So it's like you're watching the musical and you're getting an ad for the musical during it. And then similarly during Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, there's like an announcement at the start. It's like, hey, everyone, please don't film this shit on your phones. But wait, because at the end there's going to be a medley and then please film and share the shit out of the medley at the end. Can I just interrupt you? Because we got a message from Taylor who was like, I'm glad Peach spoke out about Joseph because she was working at a theatre that was showing it and every single show people walked out purely because of how bad it was. It stinks. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) and it's really confusing as well. Um, and it's, it's you know, there, there are some people who are very special in my life for whom it is some of their favorite sort of pieces of commercial artwork. But it's sort of more or less indefensible. And so I just wanted to say that my hatred of music, musicals isn't merely aesthetic. It's also political of if you're making a piece of art, then please create that piece of art to be enjoyed, consumed and engaged with. And please don't break the spell you've attempted to create by telling me that I have to go market your fucking thing for you. I think that would be a pretty good way of going about it. But while we're here, um, share, comment, subscribe. Um, tell all your friends about Spooko. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. It's now up to a million subscribers. <laughs> and it's just a video of us doing the podcast. So that's exactly the same. We don't have that yet. We will have that one day. But that's just an extra, like, a, like. Honestly, AI is going to make it a lot easier for me to upload stuff like that. But right now, yeah, nice. I do not have time to. I think we've probably got enough data on you and I that they could probably just do a spooko because you just input the film. Yeah. And AI would probably be able to do a reasonable six and a half out of ten spooko episode. You riffing about Tony Ayo at the start. Yep. That's about that's all I can think of. That's, just, that's basically it. No, we could just put in like some Drake album, like, you know, just like you know, create a Spurco episode on the basis that Shag is proposing this film and Shag and Peach has just listened to this Drake album. Yeah, good point. And that'd be like the opening chit chat. And that could be a nice 25 minutes there. All right. So follow us and tell us the films you want us to do. Yes. This was a, I was trying to find the message who suggested this. I will find this by mm. the time, you know, I upload this and put this online. Uh, I will find who said this by the time I upload and put this online. Um, but also, as Shag and I were taught while on FBI radio, if people make requests, 
Um, you're not meant to say, hey, this is for Julie. Hope you enjoy it, Julie. Um, the line was, don't worry, play the song and they'll know it was for them. And it was just always a good excuse to be like, you don't have to, like, it just sounds shit to be like, hey, this is just for Julie. And so, Shaq, I'm very content to be like, look, we're just playing this. Like, this is just friendship homework era. So if we get it wrong, we get it wrong. And we still really appreciate you letting us know. When, when I was a teenager, me mm. and a friend of mine who lived around the corner became weirdly mm. obsessed with this newsreader on, our, on ABC, which is a channel in Australia, mm. called Richard Moorcroft, who did the 6 o'clock news every weeknight. And mm. somehow, I don't know how, but somehow we got his, like, number and were able uh. to call him before a show one time. And we were, we were just, uh. like, we were starstruck. And we were like, hey, Richard, can you just give us? And he was like, oh, it's always nice to meet a fan. And we were like, can you give us a shout-out tonight? In the- no, 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 wait, wait, wait. We were like, can you give us a shout-out in the bulletin? And he's like, no, well, like, I remember this so distinctly because it was, like, such a good reply to, like, such a shitty thing for, like, some weird <laughs> teen fans of him to say. But he was like, now, news is really serious business, but... I just want you to know that you'll know that I know that you're watching tonight. <laughs> so, and that, that, that is a 100% true That's story. Perfect. You can look up this guy, Richard Moorcroft. He looks exactly as you'd imagine a newsreader to look like. And he used to wear a bat inside his jacket. Isn't that right, Shag, every night? That's right. Like, it's like a cool little, like, you know, it's that thing where it's like, it's really hard to have any personality if you're a newsreader, but it's like, they find a way. Yeah, nice. Anyway, anyway, so, like Richard- Shag, you'll, you'll know this episode's for you, and it's dedicated to you, and you'll know it. Today, we're doing a 2017 psychological horror film from Darren Aronofsky. I think this is his first time on the pod. Ooh. This is simply called Mother because it has an exclamation mark. So, but it also has it's stylized with a little M. So, m- m- mother, m- mother. It's like that Jane Austen remake of Emma in 2020 that had a full stop at the end, and the director's like, "Yeah, because it's a period piece." <laughs> Please, come in. Hello. Hello. He's a stranger. We're just going to let him sleep in our house. Hello. Hello. Did you know he had a wife? He has pictures of you in his luggage. What were you doing in their luggage? What do they want? Help you. They've come here to see me. Come quick! You're insane! You're insane! All I'm trying to do is bring life into this house. Open the door to new people, new ideas. I'm so sorry. Get out of my house! You give and you give and you give. Just never enough. No! Maybe the real horror story is the age gap between the two principal actors. It looks like it's like twenty-five years. Uh, look, th- there's a there's a reason for that. So, can I ask before before we begin? Do you know much about this film? 
No, Darren Aronofsky did what that film that was very exciting in the like whatever the one was before Requiem for a Dream that got over. Was it Pie? No, like Oh, did he do Pie? Yeah, maybe he did Pie. Yeah, I thought yeah, he, did I think pie. he did Pie. Everyone was like, "This guy's going to be good," and then no one like <laughs> every, every film since everyone's like, "This shit, fuck this guy." And for some reason, he's kept limping along. Well, you've seen the trailer now. What do you think the film's about? Oh, I just feel like it's that Nicole Kidman, the others film. Um, where essentially either they're ghosts or they don't know they're ghosts <laughs> or someone's a ghost and it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, essentially, it's the others. Okay, well, look, I one of, one of the things that I've discovered from being a parent of a pretty young kid is how unsatisfying children's puzzles are. Like, you'll sit down and it's like, <laughs> let's do a puzzle. And it's always fun to p- finish a puzzle. But when it's like mm. a six-piece jigsaw puzzle and it's taking <sighs> them ages to solve and then you solve it and they're excited and you're like... It's just, it's a bit of a... Yeah. It's like, look, your standards are so low. I can see why you're celebrating. This is actually not a very good puzzle. So I just want to tell you about the shittest puzzle ever, which Darren Aronofsky gave in a Reddit interview when someone asked, hang on, why is the title stylized like that? Why is it a little uh, M with an exclamation mark? So let me let me read out this puzzle to you because this just is this another like piece of evidence on why men should not create anything for fifty years, Shag? Why men should take fifty years off? It's not it's not bad. It's just dumb. Like it's the most yeah. obvious thing. It's it's one of those puzzles where I'm like, you should have just given us the answer. This is a riddle. Like riddle me this. What's a, what's a four legged creature that neighs that sounds like morse? It's like like just tell me it's a horse, right? Like it's it's a it's a riddle that easy. Okay. So someone asked why it was written like this. He said that the film ends with a big exclamation point, but the reason he didn't capitalize the letter M. He said, to find out why, read the credits and look for the letter that is capitalized. Ask yourself, what's another name for this character? So, like, her her character is mother with a little M and her partner is him with a big H. And it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's God. Okay, yeah, cool. And so the, the whole film is like an allegory for, like, existence and god and religion and like mother earth being ravaged by humans like that's that's the point of this film right like that's what mother she's mother earth and her partner is god and humans come along and fuck everything up like that's the point of this film god i can't tell you how deeply that sucks (laughs) like that's one of the worst ideas i think i've ever heard but what also sucks is it's like this was marketed as a horror film. Like, if it was marketed as a surrealist film, I'd go away at least being like, like kind of like puzzles. It's like, I'd go away at least a little bit satisfied because it's like, well, look, that's what I was getting into. Whereas, like, because it's marketed as a horror, you know pretty early on that this is all one big metaphor. And it's hard to be scared when you can't really empathise with, like, Mother Nature yeah, as a yeah, character. Yeah, exactly right. There's no real characters in here. Right? So I can't empathise with anyone in here. Ah, that's so true. And the cast list is ridiculous, right? It's Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, Domhnall Gleeson, Brian Gleeson, Kristen Wiig, like the most ridiculously high-profile cast, all to tell a story that's like, hey, maybe people aren't treating the world that well. (laughs) But even like the the trailer had the horror like plinky plucking strings where you pluck the violin. And the movie has that too. But like pretty early on you're like, oh, wait, hang on, he's God. And she's oh, like, no, really? <laughs> because okay, so uh, the whole thing is Jennifer Lawrence's character called Eve or some shit. No, like she's that. just called Mother. 
because she's Mother Earth. Anyway, it begins in the burnt-out remains of a large house. Again, sort of countryside America, where Forest him- house is where I'm at. Where him, an acclaimed poet struggling with writer's block, places a crystal object on a pedestal in his study, and the building morphs into a beautiful home in an Edenic landscape, as in like a Garden of Eden landscape. Mother, the poet's wife and muse, awakens in her bed and wonders aloud where him is. While renovating the house, she occasionally visualizes a beating heart within its walls. Because the world is alive. Man. Sucks so far. One day, wait, wait, wait. One day, a stranger <laughs> called Man turns up oh, at the house. <laughs> How do these things get made? It's actually, like, look, it's not as bad as this synopsis tells it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Makes it out to be. Asking for a room and claiming to be a local doctor. Him readily agrees and mother reluctantly follows suit. Later that night, man suffers from dry heaves and mother observes a wound on his side, which I think is Jesus, maybe? When he gets stabbed by the... Anyway. Man's wife, woman, arrives the next day. Mother is increasingly frustrated by her guests, but him begs her to let them stay, revealing that man is actually a fan whose dying wish was to meet him. However... When man and woman accidentally shatter the crystal object, which him had forbidden them to touch, him becomes angry and boards up his study. Mother tells man and woman to leave, but before they can go, their two sons arrive unexpectedly and fight over man's will. The oldest son, who is concerned about his impending inheritance, argues and fights with his younger brother, severely wounding him, and the older brother flees after having his head smashed against glass by him, leaving a bloody gash in his head. Yeah, okay, so it's not quite Cain and Abel. Like, but, but it's kind it's pretty, of Cain and yeah. Abel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? By this point, you're pre- it's pretty clear what's going on. Yeah. Oh, so like in 45 minutes' time, it's like, did you get <laughs> what it was about? So him, man and woman, take the injured son to the hospital. Alone in the house, mother cleans up and follows a trail of blood to a tank of heating oil behind the basement walls. Upon returning... Him informs mother the son has died. Mother and him arouse that night when dozens of people arrive unannounced at the house to mourn the dead son. The visitors behave in rude and presumptuous ways that irritate mother, and she snaps and orders everyone to leave when they break a sink, partially flooding the house. Uh, okay. She berates him. I must say, that, like the problem with a metaphor that's partly very direct and partly a bit fuzzy is like, okay, so... <laughs> Like, is mother the earth or, like, the house is the earth? <laughs> and it's like, so the sink is, like, a river. <laughs> she berates him for allowing so many people inside and ignoring her needs, but their argument leads to passionate lovemaking. The next morning, mother announces she is pregnant, which elates him and inspires him to start writing again. That then metaphor, like now we're getting a little bit. Now it's getting a little bit. So it gets fuzzy. Mother Earth's pregnant. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Time passes. Mother prepares for the arrival of the child and reads him's beautiful new poem. Upon publication, it is acclaimed and sells well. In celebration. Oh, it's not the Bible. In celebration, mother prepares a big dinner, but a group of fans interrupt. Though she asks him to send them away, 
He insists he has to be polite and show his appreciation. Mother tries to lock the doors, but droves of fans pour into the house and begin to wreak havoc, stealing things as souvenirs and damaging the house. Due to the adulation he is receiving, him is oblivious to what is happening. Okay, so... Okay, no, it's not quite yet. But this is where things start yeah. to get quite horrific and a bit scary and a bit sort of okay. full on. Like, I, I must say, like, as much as this is the dumbest thing ever, I am having quite... It's 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 a good... Like, I really like yeah. Darren Aronofsky. And it's, like, the most obvious metaphor. But to your right, to the one point, it is. But on the other hand, it's like, is it? Like, what's going on? Yeah, what, nice. is, what does any of this represent? He also did Cloud Atlas. I think he was going to do Batman. I think that was the time when Darren Oh, Aronofsky he was, was going to do a Batman. Batman. In, like, the noughties, maybe? Early noughties? Yeah, and Christopher... Pine, Christopher Pine, Christopher. <laughs> who did Batman check? Fuck, Christopher Nolan. About Christopher Nolan did it. Uh, I don't know who Christopher Pine. Maybe I do. Oh, Winnie the Pooh. No, that's Christopher Robin. Okay, fucking shut up, Peach. Him is oblivious to what is happening, but a disoriented mother watches helplessly as military forces turn up to battle members of the cult that have sprung up around him and as his publicist organizes mass executions. Mother. Oh, yeah, okay, but so can we just do a quick metaphor check? Uh, like, <laughs> <we're> now, <laughs> now, like, now I really am, like, now in fairness to the creators, uh, yeah, okay, there's like a. I think man worshipping God creates yes. zealotry that creates a war. Fundamentalism. Well, yeah, it creates fundamentalism, which creates war, which only damages mother. I yes. think, right? But it doesn't have to happen on Earth, I guess, is the other thing. I'm like, well, shouldn't this well, be happening in the well, house? Well, yeah, this is all happening in the house, I think. Okay. I think the mass executions happen in the house. I can't remember, but I think that's what happens. Okay. Um, I, like, as I say, look, with great respect, I, like, I'm not, not having fun, but it is. Yeah, okay, cool. So, mother goes into labor and finds him who reopens his study, which had previously been boarded up so she can give birth inside. The havoc outside subsides. Him tells mother his fans want to see their newborn son, but she refuses to hand over the boy. Eventually, she falls asleep, and him takes the child outside to the crowd. Now, this is like the the scene that's like, this is a horror film. But I guess my point is it's like, in a horror film, this would be scary and all, and it's still scary and awful. And I think at the time, I was still pretty disturbed, but... Because it's very clearly a metaphor, it's kind of hard to be as disturbed. Anyway, so yeah, okay. the crowd sort of takes the child and sort of, I guess, mm. body surfs it along the crowd. They're all sort of cheering the crowd yeah. until inadvertently it, it passes under like a beam in the ceiling and its neck snaps. And you see this baby's next. And again, like yeah. this is 2017. The last decade all is all about killing children and babies on screen right yeah okay the crowd goes silent she screams and because still can't see the child and the crowd starts sobbing now i'm I'm just giving you this snapshot of what this film's like because the people don't behave like normal they behave like they're all metaphors every character in this film (laughs) behaves like a metaphor and not a person so she makes her way through the crowd and you know one of the priests of the cult is like don't you see this child isn't dead anymore. It's alive. And then she turns around and sees all of the cult are just eating parts of the baby. They're just eating little bits of the baby. 
I mean, this is like, I guess, a Jesus-y body of Christ Eucharist kind I think of so. I think, I think that's what it's trying to say. Anyway, she okay. calls them murderers and attacks them with a shard of glass. They turn on her and beat her savagely until him intervenes. He begs mother to forgive them, but she runs down to the basement oil tank and punctures it with a wrench. She ignites the oil, causing an explosion that incinerates the crowd and destroys the house. Him is unscathed by the inferno, but mother is horrifically burnt. She asks him what he is, and he replies, I am I, and mother was home. He asks for her love, and when she agrees, reaches into her chest and removes her heart, which he tears open to reveal a new crystal object. He places it on the pedestal, and the house is transformed back into a beautiful home. A new mother appears in the bed and awakens, wondering aloud where him is. Mm, and that's yeah, mother. Yeah. That's ma- ma- mother. 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 No, mother. Mother. <laughs> it just sounds louder. It's like it's all caps. But it's hard without, like, you have to start mid-sentence because it doesn't oh, yeah. have a... So it's like, mother. But it's weird because it's not a proper noun. Because if it's someone you referred to as that. Yes. Like, Dad is capital D if it is used as a proper noun. Paige, oh, yeah. just look in the credits list and see who I did capitalize <laughs> and you'll understand. Uh, yeah, look, it is a period piece. It's uh, it's good fun. Look, that sucked, but I did enjoy <laughs> it, I, I must say. And I feel like it would be a fun one to go get a beer afterwards to be like, oh, yeah, shit, that was a this. But, but look, yes, mm. but, but like, what was it at? Like, what was it at? Like... The reason why you 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 create metaphors is to explain a concept, right? Like that's the point of yeah. a, a point of a metaphor or an allegory is to be like, this is a concept I'm trying to explain, and to make it easier to explain this concept, I'm going to use language yes. or a concept that you understand to be like that's take that same feeling or effect and apply it to the situation I'm talking about. Yeah, it's not about just looking clever, which, which like, the title included is all about being like, hmm, because I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve. But if we try to take the metaphor as literally as we can, God has a number of planets. <laughs> Each time one gets reborn, he sort of tries to watch over it and do his best, and sometimes things go right, and he keeps him, him keeps coming back to try to make a new planet to kind of <laughs> but, figure it all out but, again but but god gets caught spark. up in worship yeah, okay, yeah. and it's up yes. to the earth to defend itself but eventually the earth gets so gets pushed to the absolute limit and will but hang on no she's not the earth because the the house isn't earth because she's mother earth right or is she nature so like if we go to greek mythology gaia's like mother earth and she's like a titan who's like Zeus's mum, and she's like a god who's like in charge of the earth but is also Mother Earth, but, I think. But even then, like, is it like, I mean, is it in, in an environmental film? Is it saying that religion's bad? Like, what, like what actually well, yeah, is Mother it saying? Yeah, Mother herself is like, let's just fucking burn this thing down. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. But then he does, and he's like, well, then God's like, let's just begin again. Yeah. It's time to start again. And so, because him's like, no, oh, bugger, oh, well, yeah, we'll do another... <laughs> Of that. Yeah, there's literally no consequences. Well, yeah, but again, this comes back to you being correct about your metaphor point of like there was never going to be because there's never any there's never anyone in the plot. Like there's never anything actually happening. It's all a bunch of like how crazy would it be? <laughs> it's just a whole stack of how crazy would it be? And then when at the end she's like, "Who are you?" and he's like, "I'm God." 
<laughs> and you're home. Like, what? 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 But she would have no concept of what God was <laughs> based on this thing. Like, she's like, oh, fuck, no way. Like in the Bible. Imagine if her like, reaction at the end was like, fuck, no way. <laughs> no, fuck you. I've been fucking God. <laughs> It's like, oh, and I'm Mother Earth. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> that explains the whole thing. <laughs> because, yeah, because she doesn't know she's in a metaphor, but him does, I think. Like, that's the other thing. Like, if it's a metaphor, how is he actually God? Like, that's not fair. You can't, you can't break the fourth wall in a metaphor. <laughs> you can't be like <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's like... This is like him's sort of video game kind of thing. Like in him, it's like, it's just the Sims. This is the hymns, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in. It's like a faster version of planet building. It's like he's like him city, sim city. Type scenario. Where he comes in and makes a new world. He's like, oh, well, that world didn't go as well as my previous ones. I better open up a new save game. <laughs> File new. <laughs> <laughs> I would have more enjoyed like Theme Park 2000, but I do think Hymn City works well. Hymn City's really good. Final oh, question. exclamation point. Hymn City! But final question then, what is the mm. crystal ball that exists in Mother Nature's heart though? What is that? It, yeah, it's the same as the Transformers. It's the all spark that you, need in the, <laughs> <laughs> that you need in the universe. But I also love that he's actually God, but he still needs the all spark to create life. It's like, well, I'm God, but I still need a MacGuffin to create existence. Well, I guess if we're trying to uncode the metaphor, maybe the and it is a video game. Maybe the all spark is like the soft, the gaming software. Okay. Okay. Like, and the game only lasts for so long as mother's alive, and the title is a screamed like exclamation when you die at the end of the game, mother. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, so that's Mother. What a classic piece of poetry. Maybe men should make some more great movies like this in future. I actually really like, and, and I feel bad that I didn't get a chance to rewatch this before doing mm. this film. I do remember it being enjoyable, but yes, thank you so much for your suggestion, whoever you are. <laughs> You, you know who you are, and we thank you. <laughs> please, please. No, no, I know. I had a conversation with you. It's, it's really bad that I can't remember your name. I'm so sorry. Please follow us. Give us more suggestions. We're still in our friendship, Dira. Coming up to episode 200, I want to make sure that these, these episodes we cover before episode 200 are the movies you want to hear about. And if we're in our friendship homework era, then you can be in your friendship era homework era too if you want. Like, imagine how fun it would be at the end of this episode to be like, whoa. So peach was a metaphor for the environment <laughs> and shag was a metaphor for technology. Oh. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up? Of course, Rachel, how could I forget? Thank you so much for suggesting this episode's film. If you do want to suggest a film, please just follow us on Insta and send us your suggestions. We are going to try and cover all the films you want us to be covering before we hit episode 200. Thank you.